Lord according to St. John. Before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garment. Taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Jesus said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands, my head. Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean. But not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you, I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You can have a seat for a minute. This story to me is incredibly beautiful. It, it, it is such a significant, there's so much happening, which is typical of John's Gospel. Uh, John, um, even more so than the synoptic writers, is often not just telling us the stories of what went down. There's all kinds of meaning and theology inside of his storytelling. And when he talks about Jesus in this moment and what Jesus does when he takes this towel and he off come his outer garments and around his waist goes the towel and you can kind of put yourself in the room and hear the water pouring. I always think even in that moment, what are the disciples thinking? Like, what is he doing? To wash uh, guests' feet at a dinner was not abnormal in this culture. Um, to wash the feet of a guest who had come to dining your house actually made a lot of sense. We've talked before as a church about reclining at the table and 
how intimate experience that was. Your feet get a whole lot more up in the business than they do in our day and age. Uh, and there was a lot of sandals, and so feet would get washed. It made sense to do that before you would kind of have a meal together, before you would be in that intimate place. It was very normal. What was not normal in any way, shape, or form was to have the honored guest or the host of the meal do the washing themselves. Usually you would have a servant do that. And if you didn't have servants because you weren't wealthy enough, you would maybe do it yourself. Or you would get the lowest kind of in the room to, to humble themselves and come and do those kinds of things. But here we see Jesus, who is very obviously, not only even in his own perception, but in the perception of the people in the room, not supposed to be the one who's doing this. And he lowers himself. And so we see here in the story a number of things that connect to the gospel for us in this one moment. Jesus is trying to pull all kinds of things together for the disciples in this moment. So he's, the, the incarnation is sort of being modeled here in a really acute and tangible way. Where God humbled himself in the form of a man and came present, came right into the darkness, came right into the muck, right into the mire, right into the mess, didn't stand off at a distance and sort of send uh, a fix-it card. He didn't send instructions on how to make things better. He came right down into the middle of it. And this is what's happening right here now in the upper room. As Jesus doesn't stand at a distance or give them instructions, he, he gets right down and dirty, right down into the muck, right down into the mire. And it, I love how Paul talks about it in Philippians when he says, though he was by the very nature of God, humbled himself took on the form of a servant. Here he is in a servant's capacity, serving his disciples, the rabbi washing the disciples' feet. He's flipping the kingdom upside down again. But there's other connections happening that are not only looking backwards, they're not only speaking of things that they've already experienced, but in many ways, Jesus says at different times in the story, I'm doing these things, I'm saying these things, I'm drawing these connections, you're not getting it right now, I can see that, but you will. He's pointing in this moment to the cross, where he's humbling himself and he's serving these disciples in the most lowly of ways at this meal. He, he chooses in this moment the lowliest position he could think of, and he comes into it joyfully. Right? You, don't, you don't read that story and hear hesitation in Jesus' heart. There's no sort of like awkwardness about this. He's confidently standing in this place. This is how he goes to the cross. He's already showing them the same heart that would take him in, 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 mere, in a mere day, like it were coming. And he begins to show them this is what will happen at the cross. And so he's, he's modeling for them. He's, he's pulling the whole of the gospel story together right here in this moment in the upper room as he pours this water and he begins to wash their feet. He's trying to send a, send a, a message and it's like the message. He's, it's the whole of the gospel. Right in the crux, right in the heart of the message is what had always been at the heart of the gospel. And it's this, that the God who created you loves you to the end. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, 
what you've done. He loved them to the end. I don't know if, if you've talk, taken time to, to think on it, but I encourage you tonight to, to, to think about the fact that he washed Judas' feet. And, and, and the story here, he, John is quick to show us. He doesn't do it with some kind of ignorance. He knows. He knows the heart of this man. He knows what's already at play. He knows the betrayal. After everything he's done for him, after everything that he's seen, after all the experience of this love, Jesus doesn't say, oh, time's up. There's not sort of an end to it. Instead, he, he wraps that towel around his feet and he, or around his waist, and he washes the feet of the disciples, Judas included. To me, it just speaks this beautiful message of grace, this heart of God, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So right here in this moment, as he washes his feet, there's so much coming together. I would think this is a moment that the disciples after the resurrection thought about a lot. Because in it too, Jesus begins to also speak to the commission. He also begins to speak to things that he would speak to with real clarity after the resurrection. But already here, he says, a new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I love. Do to, for one another what I've done here for you. And again, remember, he doesn't just mean wash each other's feet. He's, he's pointing towards the cross. He's pointing towards a servant heart and a sacrifice that has no limit. And it doesn't place conditions on the recipient. A heart that would, would move in such a way. This is the Jesus who, as he's walked and has kind of blown their minds over and over with his teaching when he said things like, love your enemy. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who's my neighbor? Every man, woman, and child that breathes air. Right? Like this all coming into this one moment. This is a powerful moment here in this intimate place with his disciples. And then there's this incredible thing that's being kind of touched, and there's these, these pieces that speak to it specifically in his conversation with Peter about this washing right, that hearkens us back when we come into this place to our baptism. It speaks to each of us in this space where having received from Jesus and having been washed by him in the waters of baptism, having come into new life, we too stand in places where we don't need the washing again. We don't need rebaptizing. But we consistently stand in need of letting Jesus to serve us, of allowing Jesus to wash our feet, of allowing Him to come alongside the spaces and the parts of our lives that, for many of us, have become so clear or evident through all There's this part of us that wants to kind of like shy away from being served. And, and I think for some of us, when we think about Jesus, it's a little easier. It gets really difficult when someone tries to serve us. It's like, can I do that for you? No, no, I've got it. Or we'll go days, weeks, with great needs, real practical ones, and we never reach out. We kind of... 
we have this independence about us, this idea that somehow to, to need this servant, to need to be served, is weakness. And very truly, that's exactly what it is. We just need to become more, com more comfortable with the fact that we have it. That we actually stand in need. And so this story, there's just so much happening. And it's a beautiful, a beautiful beginning, a beautiful moment, really, in retrospect to what's about to happen. Because Jesus is speaking into their lives in a way, and he even says this to them. I'm doing this in such a way, it's almost like put a deposit in your life that you'll cash in later. And so as we go through the rest of our weekend together, my prayer is that by the Spirit, there would be like deposits being made. Things stirring, things turning. Maybe you came in tonight with some things already kind of upended. Feeling a little bit uneasy, feeling a little bit uncomfortable. I actually want to encourage you that that might just be God. There might just be things of our own person, our own life, our own relationships, or the past week, certainly the past season of Lent. That, I mean, I feel upside down in certain ways right now. But isn't that this story? Wasn't it almost seemed to be the intention of Jesus? Could he have been deregulating them on purpose? Could he have been stirring their hearts up and kind of bringing them to a place? where they realize, oh, gee, I'm not okay. I'm not comfortable with this. I don't know what to do with it. I mean, Peter's just like flip-flop, flip-flop. Don't wash my feet, wash my whole body, do Like, he's just like, he doesn't know what's going on. This is, you know, he's totally discombobulated. So my prayer for us tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to, I'm just going to play and we're going to, invite you to come. I'm going to invite our, our parish council to come first. I want to serve them, and then after I serve them, they're going to serve you. And we're going to invite you to come forward, and we, tonight we're, we're, we're going to wash your hands. Um, culturally, when they would, would wash the disciples' feet, and I'm sure in future years we'll do a foot washing, but tonight we're going to do a hand washing. Uh, there's, there's, I think, some real cultural parallels between the two. If you were to take a person's feet into your hands to wash them in Jesus' day, you would probably be able to figure out what they did for a living. You'd probably be able to see on their feet where they've been and what they've been up to. You'd see the wear on their feet or the lack thereof. You would, there, there was something about that, and there was something intimate about it. Um, and I think in some ways in our, in our culture today, we don't really wash each other's feet. It's not a common practice. I have not been this. I've had people wash my feet, but not before dinner. But there is something about our hands, and we do wash our hands before dinner, uh, because we're, we're we're bringing those in. And when we take our hands and we begin to look at them, and, and and we certainly look at others, you can begin to see life. You can get a sense for what goes on in the day to day. Our, our hands they show the wear and the tear of life. And so as you, as you come tonight, we're, we'll invite you to kind of come forward and you just hold your, if you just hold your hands over this bowl, we're going to pour uh, water scented with anointing oil over your hands. And then after we've done that, you'll just come to one of our leaders with, who will have a towel. And they're going to wash and to dry your hands. Uh, and I encourage you as that happens to just 
be served. So I've already told them, don't be in a hurry. Take your time. And just as, as we do that, like we always talk about here at Via, just this sacramental picture of Christ coming and, and serving us tonight. And remember what day it is. Like tomorrow's Good Friday. And, and just, to, just to think that with everything that's on his heart, I mean, moments later, he's in the garden. In the depths of sorrow. With his heart just in total distress. To the point at which it says, the Bible says that from his, from his glands he sweats blood. This is how it's his conversation. He's in this space where he knows what's coming. He knows what's he, and he lays it down to serve you. So just come and to receive from Jesus tonight. My prayer is that by the Holy Spirit, he would come and that he would serve you tonight. And as Jesus serves you tonight, that he would even be depositing things by the Spirit in your heart in your mind, in your life, that will come to fruition throughout the next three, four days and end the season of Easter. There would be uh, encounters with Jesus, connections with the story. So Lord, we, we invite you uh, in this place tonight to come and serve us. Lord, we are humbled beyond measure at the thought. in our lives and we, we lay them before you tonight. And as we do, God, we bring all of us. We bring the real stuff. We don't hold anything back tonight. As we've come through this season of Lent, Lord, here we bring it. We say, Jesus, would you wash us? And Jesus, would you teach us tonight? Holy Spirit, would you teach us. Speak to us. Instill things in our hearts and our minds of the good news of Jesus, the truth of God. We pray these things.